0: And I was at a meeting today, a company meeting, and so people were talking about anxiety, that was the topic. And so, there was a lot of shares about how to deal with anxiety, like, do yoga, take walks, breathe, you know, take ten deep breaths, eight seconds in, ten seconds out, whatever, all this stuff. But not one... Share. there's nothing right or wrong with it, but not one share went to the most important aspect of anxiety. Yeah? And that is, who has it? Who has the anxiety? Yeah. So, supposedly anxiety is over something, usually. Yeah? A situation, maybe a physical or emotional condition, something that is usually a topic... That anxiety is about, you know? and then some people just have anxiety, but most people it's 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 uh, provoked in a way by thinking. You know? So you're thinking about something, like as if you don't lose what you have, or not get what you want, or somewhere in between. You know, if you just look at it, you can see it. So, and if you follow that, the biggest influence in an event called anxiety is the someone who has it. They're giving, they're producing the anxiety, not so much what they're thinking about, but the thinking about it, yeah? How it's thought about. It. Because it's thought about that you're the one who's going to have this anxiety, you're the one who's going to have this event, you're the one that's going to be responsible for this thing, yes? So it's this. It's just, it follows the same thing in the Course in Miracles, where it says in Lesson 2 that you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Or in physics, where they say that in any uh, experiment, the biggest influence of the experiment is the observer of the experiment. In other, word, other, than, in other words, the one who's conducting the experiment. So if the, if the experiment is about light and this one who's conducting it is looking for light as a particle, then light appears as a particle. And then if they're looking for light as a wave, light appears as a wave. It almost seems to be at the beck and call of the consciousness that's seemingly observing the light. Yeah? It's a very big clue in this. Really incredibly important, in a sense, clue. Because if the, just like in recovery where they take you, they have an inventory process. Because most people are extremely obsessed with self. In alcoholism. Yeah, let's not even say let's you gotta say people because we don't know how else to say it. Let's say the mind is very obsessed with this idea of being a self. So most people come in and we do an inventory and we try to shake it off of from the delusion that if everyone would just do what we wanted everything would be great. Because that's not true. Yeah, because we're giving everything the meaning it has. Yeah? So you can you know what I mean? So if <laughs> you uh if Let's say you have two million dollars. Now two million dollars, I would imagine, would translate into at least a financial security ease and comfort. At least a month, six months in San Francisco, you know? You, see, I'm out. you could probably do well for two million bucks. You know, you start worrying at the end of the fifth month, you know? Go, oh, what's gonna happen to me when I run out of money? But two million, it should. If that, if that had an inherent real meaning, that which should overwhelm your condition and make it a better condition. Yeah, I feel much, I feel much more relaxed. I have two million dollars. But the, the my of the money has the most potency. Not the money, but the my. It's who thinks has the money that gives the money more meaning than what the money has here, you know, as a general meaning in our society. The, the one who has the money gives it more meaning. Yeah? And very rarely does the, m- the money ever overwhelm the meaning that the mind is giving it. The mind, so it's, the mind has a belief that it's never going to have enough, let's say. Two million dollars ain't going to be enough. Nor would five million dollars. And therefore that two million dollars that everyone would would assume would bring you in an ease and comfort is just an, even a bigger thing to obsess over and get anxious about. Yeah? So, is it the money that's provoking the anxiety? Or is it the one who has the money? Well, I'll answer for you. (laughs) It's seemingly the one who has the money. Because we're giving everything all the meaning it has. So, while we're trying to deal with all of these effects of let's say self-centeredness, yeah, it would probably be pretty good to look at the center of the system that's spinning out all these effects, which is self, yeah, and maybe, just maybe, if you didn't totally wholeheartedly, and not, you never do wholeheartedly, but let's say unconsciously believe that you're this long-lasting, independent, separate entity, it would ease the levels of anxiety that would be created by situations that sort of provoke doubt and concern in you, yeah? it would ease going through what can happen to a someone here in this life that you would actually travel lighter over it yeah. because it ain't the money it ain't the problem it ain't the girl leaving it's not all that it's the meaning you're giving the girl leaving and the money and the problem yeah. so if this changed then your relationship with all those things that can happen here would change instead of trying to change that yeah, I'm just going to get more money yeah, I'm gonna get a better girl. I'm gonna get a better problem. It doesn't work that way, does it? It really doesn't. You're still in the mix. You can't get out of the spin cycle. But if you look at the, hey, I'm the biggest influence in what I call my life. I'm the one that's given it all the meaning it has. Yeah, that's I think is incredible information. Because most people in a way, even the big perpetrators in life, are in a victim sort of state a lot. They're victimized by a fear or an anxiety. They don't seem to have any power over these things that take us over. Yeah, And in a sense, this tends to locate where the power is, exactly where the problem seems to be, the power is. Yeah, And in recovery, they say the dilemma is your power, is lack of power. That's the dilemma. So the parasite sucks out our energy, our godlike juice, and then plays God with it. By how? By what? It starts giving everything the meaning it has. So when I, if I'm in a good shape one day, something's a problem, isn't a problem. The next day, if I feel like I'm in bad shape, it is a problem. And the next day I'm in good shape, it isn't a problem. What is it? What is that thing? Does it have an inherent weight and inherent quality? That's the same for everybody else, everyone. Or is it just an event of, of... Subjectivity or being something being subjectified, yeah. So I subjectify that thing called money, and I give it the meaning it has for me, yeah. I subjectify that girl, and let's say I make her an object. She's only I don't want to look for her as, as a body. I subjectify things, yeah. I don't, but the mind does. So if the mind changes, obviously how it interprets things will change. Yeah. To me, that's like a. That's a signpost worthy to follow, you know. To follow and see if that's so for you. Yeah? Because if it is so for you, more doors will open up and you'll see more things that are so for you. Yeah? And then they may be associated with an uh (coughs) aha, or like an unspoken yes, but another aspect of mind that's not so damn sure of itself, but it's more rooted in I don't know, which makes it alert and open to possibilities, and open to being wrong quite a lot, and open to being surprised, and open to doing something totally different than what its mental condition has said it's always done. Yeah? It's open to those possibilities, which gives some uh, life to life. Yeah? So all the, you know, all the advice of how to deal with anxiety is good. But like in recovery it says, yeah, we'll, we'll teach you how to deal with fear, but the whole point is to outgrow fear. Yeah, When you outgrow fear, then you honor those tools you use to minimize the effects of obsessing with anxiety or fear, to minimize those effects, but when what's causing them is gone, there's no need to use the tool anymore. Yeah, Now that's a damn good tool. For me, a damn good tool is... Is, is able to be put down, because the work's over. Yeah, You've outgrown the state of mind that was causing you to see things as threats. Yeah? You outgrown that state. And now you are living from a different state, or the living is going on from a different state, and it's producing different results in different ways and different experiences and different states and different uh, levels of traveling lighter. Yeah. And then you start knowing the tree by its fruit. You start in the field, Jesus Christ, because you have an intimate recollection of the hell that you were in, and now suddenly, or for a long period of time, you haven't been in that hell, you haven't even been close into that hell, what the hell happened for that shift to occur? Yeah? The, the, like the, the, the turning of the mind may happen in a second, but it reverberates for the rest of your life. As long as you still seem to be here, there's a reverberation of that unspoken yes, or that recalibration. No no one may notice it, and your narrator may, won't notice it for months, probably. But something clicks, and there's an, like, an aha, or a sense of something. It's like a knowing prior to knowing, you know? <clears throat> there's, there's such an assurity of it, It doesn't come into any kind of question. Then you start questioning all the mental assumptions your life has been based on, and you see that they don't hold freaking water when you put them under the light. Yeah, when you actually look at some of the absurd things we take to be so here, (coughs) it's amazing that we haven't fallen upon them already. Yeah. So everyone, anxiety. This is how I deal with anxiety. This is how I deal with anxiety. I hate when I have anxiety. So, see, all the different things, all the different uh, topics or objects of uh, anxiety, yeah, all the expressions or the anxiety, all the solutions of anxiety, there was still one determining factor in every one of the shares. There was someone who was having the anxiety. Yeah, that someone is the portal for the meaning. of a a mental process, you know, full of old ideas and beliefs and conditional reactions to download into that topic or into that object and then what happens? The anxiety fest starts. Yeah? Like the same old, same old. And then there'll be some part of the mental process that will act as if it's observing it. That's also part of the anxiety thing. You, as a self, never leave the content. Never. Never. You're never out you're never out of the mud. You're never out of the muck. People go, oh, I can't believe what I've been going through, and they act as if that process is over and they're observing it. The the observation of it is part of the process. Yeah? It's their idea of what the solution is can also be part of the process of the problem. Yeah? But if you listen to everybody, there's always one unfailing denominator there's a long-lasting, independent, separate entity having it, or it's happening to, yes? After all the thousands of examples of all the, like they say in recovery, you know, self is what has defeated us, manifests in a thousand ways, manifests in many ways, and it says, when they talk about fear, fear manifests in thousands of different ways, you know, self-pity and all this stuff, yeah? Instead of going through all of them, see who's it happening to, that's the one seeming constant. Now, if it if, if it was the constant, then you need all these incredible strategies to try to make it easier for that thing to survive here and to travel later. But if it isn't truly a constant, that may be the solution. Yeah, that may be the solution because when that changes, which is the delivery system from the for the mind to give meaning to something, that idea of being the self. If that's not so, the meaning gets log jammed. It sputters. It gets stuck in the pipe. You'll be in a situation and new information can download. It won't be the same old, same old, yeah? And there will be no thought or effort on your part. The thought and effort will be after the fact. Something will have shifted and therefore you don't do what you used to do. And then you go, wow, look at that. I chose not to do what I used to do. That's just a fucking story. You just didn't do it. Because there wasn't anyone who ever did it, yeah? So this, so the possibility of it not being done was available. But if it's you, and you've always done it, the probability that you'll do it again is pretty damn good, yeah? If it's you, if you have a belief that I always did this, you know, like sometimes you're at a place, and you say, I've never been here, I never came here before, but you're here now, you know? Oh, I never go here, but you're here. You know, But the statement is, I never go here. (laughs) But you did go there. You're here. you like, somebody I was, I was seeing would start telling me how much they wanted to really share with me everything, and they hoped we could work. And I said, you are. You're sharing it with me right now. But the old story... How does, it only could project into a future that someday it will happen while it was totally happening then. I keep going, you are sharing what's going on with you. I really want to get to a point where I can share what's going on with you with me, with you, I, you are sharing you know? It's just, the most obvious goes unnoticed, because we actually, because the mind is so stuck in the past loop that I never did that with anybody, which is also probably a lie, you did probably, but the story is I never shared what, my innermost whatever to somebody, which you have, but the story, so it has, it keeps repeating, and it just assumes that it's going to keep repeating, Yeah. And and the probability that it will keep repeating is incredibly amplified if there's a sense of self as the one that used to always do it that way. There will be a sense of self that you're doing it that way now. So we're not trying to change behaviors. We're looking at the self, yeah, the story of who's the one who has this behavior. Who the one who? Who's the one who has a story that this is never going to get better? Who's the one who has the story that I'll never get this? Yeah. Who's the one? Because if you're not that who, you're not beholden to the story. Yeah? Things can change. Your stranglehold on something, it'll be your own hands that release, and then the thing can can finally breathe. Your life can finally breathe and get lighter, and be flexible, and be be spontaneous. It has nothing to do with inability. It's something stopping it. like, Like this. Choking it with these past references. I always love it. I listen at meetings, you know, and I try to follow where, where this, what everyone's saying is coming from. Because it's coming from somewhere, you know. So I follow it, follow it, follow it, follow it, follow it. And there'll be 800 solutions along the way. But the one inherent problem is never addressed. That's why there's a need for 800 solutions. Because the first one didn't really work. The third one doesn't really work. The 600 one doesn't really work. Because that, the problem isn't the problem. It's the one who's seeking the solution is the problem. Yes? Well, it did something with me. It just saved me so much time. I mean, a huge rock filled up with a lot of stuff but was really drenched in time was dropped. Yeah? So much running around in circles, mental circles, looking for the exit door in these labyrinthine little hallways of mine where no escape. Just running. They said exit everywhere, but every time you enter just another hallway of stop solution problems, solution problems, solution problems, yeah? Running, running, running like a gerbil in a wheel, like a hamster in a wheel. Just because everyone else is moving so fast, it doesn't look like we're moving. But if, you, if your mind stops, you'll really see the insanity of this mental rushing going on, just driven by this pitchfork of time. You know, I've gotta approve value, I've gotta do this. And then I we saw a movie the other day and I was wondering if they would have ever stopped and asked, What's the ultimate point of what we're doing? Yeah? It would be they would they would be crestfallen because there wouldn't be any point. They would see Jesus Christ you know, but it never. Everything is made so important. We've got to get this done by that, or what? <laughs> or what's gonna happen? I have people call me out. every week is they have an earth-shattering event, but the earth never shatters. They just wait for another. Oh, the, it's the end of the world for me. The girl that me, it's my end of my world. And I see him two weeks later. Well, your world hasn't ended, has it? No. Yeah. It's just the, just the, just like the. Uh, like, projectile vomiting of meaning onto the face Can you imagine if that energy could be just sitting and resting and cultivating itself by entertaining? Yeah. Just by the mind entertaining, it cultivates. It like spawns itself. It just, and it puts out a very strong sense of presence. Because that thing that you think is you, that thought, that idea, won't be there when you really need it the most. Like when I've really gotten hurt, that narration wasn't even there. Yeah? So it's not reliable whatsoever. But what's reliable is that presence, that oneness that we all are, that we are all inherently skating our days on, you know? That oneness, and the ability to be aware of that oneness. To be aware of that I am, as they say. It can have an incredible, magical, elixir-like effect. It can ease uh, those slow burns, you know. It can soothe the wounds and the sores. Emotional gaps can fill back up. You can have a sense of well-being when you were a broken, supposed person before. All this can be retrieved and recalibrated because the damage in the sense has no reality. In a sense, it has no reality. It can only appear to have a reality in time. But if there's that sense of timelessness, timelessness will always be time to the draw. Because it's already there. It's already there. And you can't, you can't arrive there because you never left there. It's an impossible thing to make anything of. Yeah? But it's always so. Just like, you know, I always like the example of gravity, because it makes a big, it works for me, where people as a body are under the effect of gravity all day, and yet no one's talking about it, do you? I never go to a cafe and sit down and talk about the effects of gravity, no one, I never heard anyone speak about it. And you don't even know about it until you feel the effects, but you don't know it's gravity that's causing you to get, you know, winded going up the hill. You, have to, you, know, you don't get the sense of, you know, it just seems to happen. But if you were put into an anti-gravity room, then you would know the effects of gravity by their absence. And that's the exact way, in a sense, you learn about selfing, is when it loses its hold on you, or on your mind, then you see it for what it is when it has a hold on you, it will allow you to see, but you're only seeing from it. It doesn't care if you see and get a lot of self-knowledge. It really doesn't. Because it still has you basically in place because you're seeing from it. which is that form of looking. But when you see it, when you see it, and you really see that the problem is imaginary, though the effects seem so real, they always dissipate. They don't have staying power, in a way. Even the effects of getting run over by a car twice in one night has lingering effects on the leg, but it doesn't have even staying power over the years. It was so incredibly horrendous, and then over the years it got lesser and lesser and lesser, yeah. So if the if the solution is that the problem is imaginary, yeah, so if so the solution is only temporal only for a little period of time here, actually. Because the problem seems to be of time. So then you entertain a solution, which is there is no problem. If it dawns on you that's true, then the problem was truly imaginary, and then there's no need for a solution either. Yeah, That's a real solution. That's actually the real solution. You don't even need even a solution to an imaginary problem. It's like that thorn in the foot, in the Ramana Maharshi, and it's irritating you as you're walking. And so this is like, we have these mental thorns, and as we're living Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays, there's this irritation. Some people have it as irritability, restlessness, and discontent. Some people have deep anger or whatever. It's, uh, sad stories about what could have been and what was and all this. Whatever it was, but there's all these little thorns. There's a thorn in there. So Maharshi the says, hey, listen, <coughs> you find another thorn. So here's the problem. You find the thorn, which is this, let's say, this invitation, which is the solution. You use this thorn to take the other thorn out. So now you take the problem out. When you take the problem out, you realize it's imaginary. You don't slip the second thorn in to take its place. It's not going to be any better than the problem, really. It's still a thorn, yeah? So when you're walking around with the solution, it's still going to be burdensome. You throw it away. That's the solution. Yeah. There's only a solution when you think the problem is real. When you get that it's not real, there's no need for a solution. That's an everlasting solution. Yeah? Everlasting. It's always available at all times. Because it didn't come, and it doesn't go. Because there's nothing. Absolutely nothing. You're just inherently, in in your own, let's say, mental or mind state, a natural mind state, that doesn't have a problem or a solution. Yeah? That's a damn good solution It's reliable. You can travel with it all day, everywhere you go. So if you just go home and think, like, just think about, not just entertain the idea, or do the second lesson, which is you and I give everything the meaning it has. And then what that will go somewhere else, yeah? And things will connect. Because that's a principle. That applies to every moment of every day that this apparatus is giving the meaning to what I'm running into. There's a basically agreed-upon meaning that that's a chair and this and that, but then there's a rift, yeah? The rift that happens. Like we were sharing last night, it's like every one of us is subscribed to Unclear Channel, you know, that giant corporation, Clear Channel. They, they put tons of, they have all these different local radio stations, but they, it's the same format. It's done in some fucking big cellar or whatever, and they just, and, but each one has a different name for a station, like K-San or K-Bob, yeah? So they're thinking they're unique, but in a sense, we're, we're on their unclear channel, right? We've got this mental narrative, and the mental narrative, every time you listen to it intently, you believe you're a special, individual, long-lasting, separate entity. Yeah, you're, not, you're no other radio station is like your radio station <laughs> no one's been buying the products or selling the products that you have no one's done the things you've done at this radio station <laughs> and, then, and that story can go on and on but let's say you run into a program of recovery where people get together who have been subscribed to Unclear Channel and they describe what it's like and the golden oldies and they sound like your golden oldies your, your favorite tunes I'm a loser, it's never gonna get better, you know. <laughs> and then, oh, and that little, that little special show on Sundays, what if, or oh, if only I, or what uh, I should have, you know. Oh, everyone has that little channel. <laughs> what happens when you see it as not you? There's a huge possibility is offered. You can be free of it. It won't take long for the mind to respond to that possibility. Hey, I'm not that. You can be free of it. And maybe it's even past that. You are free of it. Yeah? Then your interest and intention, instead of wedded to that dead station, you know. Describing every day's news from a past newscast. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Every day's news. Every news thing that happens is just referred to an old thing that you thought happened. Yeah? What a way to fucking interpret life. It's gonna get stale, isn't it? It's gonna be like the same old and same old. And then you almost have to do anything to get relief. You'll jump off of bridges with bungee cords. you'll shoot cocaine in your neck, you know, you'll fucking drive super fast. You'll sleep with your best friend's wife. These things, the mind will start seeking in incredible ways to get relief from its own knot that it seems to have gotten tangled in. Yeah. There's a solution. Yeah. And that is the problems imaginary, entertaining. And if it starts hitting you and starts seeming to be true, you'll know the effects, of feeling. You'll feel a little better and easier to travel through situations that used to be really heavy for you. Yeah? And that solution will progress just like what they say in recovery the problem progresses. The solution will progress, so the recovery from the seeming problem will progress. Yeah? The expressions will get more multitude in different ways, and you'll see because you will be the giver of the beauty to things. You'll see beauty in a lot of places. Like I have a bird, I have three bird things at my house, a window looking out. I got one for woodpeckers. I love these, uh, the woodpeckers are my favorite, but the hummingbirds are also my favorite. And then I got the sparrows and, the, and then the ground feeders. And so they come all day and they feed. And the hummingbirds, they just don't go anywhere anymore. They just play with each other and they just sit there. And they're not afraid of humans either. And they're just doom buzzing around. And you just see this beautiful little event. And everyone gets fed. And it's not even on purpose. The one sparrow's eating these things from the feeder. He just throws a lot of the seeds out. They land them on the ground. The ground feeders get those. Yeah? Now, he's not doing it as charitable work. It's just the nature of the dance. He's throwing... And they're getting the food. Yeah? And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah? Now, we have a story that puts us as the chooser and as the doer. And this idea of volition, and that's everything is charted by my own navigation, and I'm on my course, and I'm going this way. Yeah. And what has that brought us? A lot of conflict in ourselves and with others. When I went to Delancity, I left there after two years, graduated. And when I left, I really, I had to begrudgingly admit, man, that my life looked better with them running it than it ever did with me running it. And I just truly realized I'm just not managerial quality. I need to find another navigator. What was ever dictating or interpreting or narrating or navigating my life was fucking a drunk sailor running into the Bay Bridge, basically. (laughs) It was just fucking out of control. (laughs) So I was... I was ripe and ready to go for the surrender, man. I was just waiting to find... Whatever that possibility was, to surrender by two or of, you know. And uh, man, has it worked over these years? You know, just to let go of the steering wheel, and the car drives itself pretty damn well. I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> I think it has GPS, you know, navigation already put in. It. it's going where it's going. And then you can watch the scenery a lot more if you're not so intent on getting somewhere or driving and seeing everyone who's an obstacle from you getting what you want, if you can give up all those little mental gyrations of the steering of a light and just take those, those mental hands off the wheel, you'll be much better off for it. You'll have peace, you'll comprehend the word serenity, you'll know peace, you'll have a new attitude and outlook upon life. You'll know a new freedom and a new happiness, not the conceptual freedoms and happiness you've been running after your whole life, not the conceptual idea of serenity and peace, getting like a mud bath, you know, and getting a, whatever it was. But you will have, you actually will know a different, a whole different dictionary of meanings to things, and you'll find them out as they download in your life. You'll find different meanings to what you call love and relationships and intimacy. They all take different looks, yeah. And because your mind's open now, it's not an open and shut case of self-centeredness. It's not locked into this little uh, autobiography. Yeah, it's more of an open book. A lot of things can come in and write in it, and then you just then it's read through you, and it's really like sometimes quite a wonderful event when you feel as if you're a hose and things are moving through like like water, like when you do talks, yeah. When I used to do them in this dry dock, that's, that was my first sense. Is I was just a hose. I walked in there. The message was bigger than, more important than the, who was going to hear the message or the messenger. And so if I was willing, it would come through. And I feel this. I would feel as if something was moving through that had such a, like a, it left like a scent of wellness as it went through, you know? And I batted a thousand. I did it for 19 years, I think. Every Monday. It's amazing. I was a very smart character. I knew something was working there. I was just going to keep on doing it. Because it never, it it didn't go, no, 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 no. You've had enough. It was, come on. (laughs) If you're willing, it's going to come through. Yeah? Okay. And then after a while, you realize there ain't no hose, it's just the water. (laughs) This hose is just an idea. It's just the water. The water here has to express itself seemingly through a hose, so here's the hose. But it ain't the hose, has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of cool. So just look, if you bring back everything, you know, follow your own importance. The importance of you as the interpreter of this place. The importance of a you. Because that's part of the interpretation. See that the interpretation just doesn't start and finish here. You're of the interpretation. The feeling of being you is the mental interpretation. You, the feeling of being Paul, that feeling that comes up when there's an action because there's a sense that Paul's the doer, when there's a thought because there's a sense, a sense that Paul's the thinker, when there's a feeling because then suddenly there's a sense that Paul's the feeler. Yeah? when there's something I, there's hearing and then there's the sense of Paul's the hearer, that is conjured up every moment in conscious contact. It couldn't even be conjured up without conscious contact. yeah The conscious contact happens, which is we're just this seeming uh, interface for consciousness to have an experience here. But in the story, from this point of view, from the point of view of the interface, the interface that is the one that's seeing. And the one that's hearing, you know, and the one that's feeling, and the one that's tasting. And it even goes so far to say, and the one that's choosing, and the one that's and has volition and, and just and adds up, gives itself more and more credit. Yeah? So much credit, which only weighs us down in the mental interpretation. It's really heavy to be the center of the universe. Yeah? It's really heavy to be responsible for how everyone else feels. You know on a meeting or something oh, they're unhappy. I must have been I mustn't have been good tonight. Why does everything always pertain to you? Can it have its own trajectory? Yeah. why is it why is the all the trajectories are, are their their movement and their direction is based on our reference point. Can't we just see this as a trajectory too? Millions of trajectories happening in the seamless, vast, Empty sky like mine, too, maybe. I find it works better. Yeah. So, if you follow that, just bring it back. Like, I heard all this good advice about anxiety, yeah? But i always like to finish with all of it. Who what, Who needs it? Who needs to have advice about anxiety? The one that's giving most of the meaning to everything and producing the anxiety. <laughs> why do I want to surrender the tools to get relief from anxiety to the source of anxiety? Because then the tools will become another source of anxiety. I haven't been doing my... I didn't do the eight breaths, oh no! You'll be anxious, I didn't do what I know I should have done, yeah? It will take the tools to relieve you of anxiety to promote more anxiety. (laughs) You get a meditation practice and now you're totally flipped out. I didn't meditate this morning. You're you're waiting for a safe to fall on you, like you're going to be punished. (laughs) I can't, I got to get home as soon as possible. You got to do an hour of meditation in half an hour. (laughs) Okay. Who's playing God there? You, eh? (laughs) So, the thing is meant to bring you relief from anxiety, it's provoking more anxiety. Only the source of anxiety could do that, yeah? (laughs) 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 What, me? Oh, yes! (laughs) I have nothing to do with this. People are fucking with me all day. Everyone's fucking out to get me. Well, you play some role in it, bro. That's how it works. You know? <laughs> and if you put all your attention on that, you'll never see the solution. Because it's not out there. It's to the look in and see what's going on. Or who's it going on to. Yeah. I found without that sense of self being diminished, this would have been a continual urban renewal project. There has, been, there has been so much fault found in how I live, and how I was, and how I am, and how I think I'm gonna be, that it was just gonna be a constant job. Yeah? Either ducking the work, or doing the work, and then having it critiqued all day from the plain God aspect of selfing, which I'm always gonna get an F on all, this, all the tests. You know what I mean? go to summer school and everything like that. But it'll be a never ending work in progress. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to get... I want a long recess. <laughs> I want to hear Alice Cooper, you know, school's out for summer. That's it. I just let it go. Take, put the picks and forks down and the shovels, and hey, this is how it is. Because it ain't. This can be taller the way it wants to be because it isn't. When, it, when I thought it was, there was no way I was going to allow it to be the way it was because it should be better. But if it's not me, it can be just the way it is. That's fucking freedom in a sense, yeah? It's such a relief. You put the, you put the ball down, and there's a relief there. And yet, you've been carrying it so long, your structure has been determined by the weight. So you're bent like a hunchback. So it's not just putting the the the, the ball down, the rest resurrection or the rest restitution or the restoration of of your life happens. Yeah? So you're not looking down so much all the time, you're looking up, you can see what's going on, you can open up. All this happens just from putting the ball down. It's just not putting the rock down, but the way you are carrying it also lets loose. Happens over time usually, yeah? So these things that were hard but softer, and all these little emotional knots start loosening and the mental knots start loosening and you have a damn nice sense of well-being, and you can be content in your own skin because it's not your own skin, in a way. You can finally give up the fucking ghost. Like, really, really stop. Get off of that conveyor belt and stop. Yeah? And be okay with the stop, And withstand the mental assault that keeps trying to, you know, like that bugle thing in the army when they call you for attention. Whatever that thing is, you fucking... You start, you don't hear it anymore. You hear it, but you don't listen to it anymore. You know, if there's nothing to do, you don't do anything. If someone calls you for work, I go to work. Yeah. I don't want to watch, like, uh, Die Hard number 7 for the 8th time, because I'm bored, you know? Mm, well, I hope you get the impression I'm attempting to sort of express. What's wrong with a little ease and comfort in one's life? Yeah? I think it's it just works so much better if you have a state sense of fulfillment instead of a constant state of agitating trying to fulfill yeah if there can be a state of fulfillment it sort of it just really soothes that agitation of constantly attempting to fulfill more you know become fulfilling more and more and more and more no it's just more than enough you know I'm really happy for it. what's not in my life and what's in my life. Everything is cool, in a sense. And to be able to respond to that, like it says in recovery, you know, you'll have the ability once again to enjoy peace of mind, because there is peace of mind. But most people can't enjoy it, because they're uh, enslaved to the idea of time, you know. They're driven. And peace doesn't play that game. Yeah. So for the peace to be entertained, you sort of have, it's like a slow dance. You can't do a jitterbug with it. You've got to adapt and do a waltz with it, yeah? Your mind has to slow down and be able to stay right where it is, Yeah, Not get on that moving train of time. And then there's the ability to enjoy peace of mind. But none of those destinations of that train are ever going to take you to peace of mind. It's only now, you know? Once you dance with peace of mind, it's a sort of nice dance, you like to go back. Yeah. Feel your dance got up. Serenity, contentment its very good. Contentment I like better, because it can do all the dances. But serenity's good, peace of mind, clarity is pretty nice, yeah. yeah. These are all qualities that are available to mind. Any questions tonight? This is sort of like a fireside chat tonight. Shot mm-hmm. my wad last night. Got too high because we meditated. That's not good for me. Before the meeting to talk. <laughs> I, was like, I was sitting there. I was like a nuclear reactor. <clears throat> I just you, you won't be happy with this. <laughs>